and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jonathan Sherry. So Jonathan is a director of Athlete Sleep Services and a behavioral sleep medicine specialist at the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. That's where he works on a daily basis to optimize sleep for regional and international athletes. So who better today to discuss how you can use sleep to improve your athletic performance? And without further ado, it's time to welcome Jonathan onto the show. So Jonathan, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you, Matthew. It's my pleasure to be on the podcast because it's always fun to talk about sleep and provide some education to everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. So for those who don't know who you are, could you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Uh, so I've, uh, I'm a doctor in psychology. I graduated from uh, Université Laval from uh, Quebec. Uh, I'm currently doing a, a postdoc in uh, kinesiology under the uh, supervision of the Dean of Kinesiology here in the University of Calgary, uh, Dr. Penny Wartner. I'm also working at the uh, Center for Sleep and Human Performance as the uh, Director of Athlete Sleep Services with Dr. Charles Samuel. And I'm working with a couple of uh, Canadian Olympic team to prepare them uh, with their travel schedule uh, around the globe to prepare for the next uh, Beijing game. And that's pretty much what we're, we're doing currently. Absolutely excellent. So you're the perfect person then to discuss how you can take all of that great literature and put it into real life practice. Oh, that's the uh, daily challenge, how to put theory into real life action. Excellent. So what we're going to do today is try and uh, tease some of that great information out of you. So first things first, then, um, what are the sleep recommendations for uh, athletic populations? How much sleep should they be getting? How much sleep should they be getting? So it, the general rule is always getting eight to 10 hours per day. And I mean, it when I say per day, it means that it's not everyone or I can see it the other way. It's we put too much pressure on these athletes to get that big bulk of sleep throughout the night. So what we do is we look, how much sleep can you actually gather throughout your night? Say, are you a seven, eight, nine hour sleeper, 10 hour sleeper if you're lucky? Uh, If not, then we take what you can and what we can, so the big bulk of your night, and then we supplement your nighttime with napping strategy. And then this is how we bank your sleep throughout the week. So what is important is we want the biggest amount throughout the night, and then we always supplement with a napping uh, during the afternoon or uh, early evening without, in fact, impairing your next night, obviously. And this is how we gather these 8 to 10 hours per day. And then when you look at it from a weekly perspective, we have athletes that sleep over 70 hours per week, which is more than enough for their athletic performance. And when you mention those naps, right, what are the key things that you're going to be looking at when you take that nap? Because they could come out of it worse if they don't do that properly. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. So it's important to know what type of sleeper you are to begin with. So if you're a 10 o'clock sleeper, 11 o'clock sleeper, or midnight sleeper, for example. So based on your schedule, your daily schedule, what time can we look at to implement the nap? So if there is no possibility in your day and you can only nap around 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, and that napping time is in fact delaying your bedtime, This is not a good napping strategy. We're just replacing the time instead of supplementing it. So we're trying to stay as far as possible as your next bedtime and put a 30, 45 minute, even 60 minute, depending on what your uh, workload is at the moment. And this is when we nap. And based on out of this, we have a timer with us. 
so you don't oversleep. And that way we look at the next night. Are you sleeping the same way? If the answer is yes, then we have our napping strategy within a window of opportunity, which is typically between two and four o'clock in the afternoon. So when when you, you're talking about like uh, the different amounts of time in a nap, what you're actually doing then is kind of working out per person what their optimal napping length is. Is that right? Yeah. So if we are in a heavy working uh, session, so you are in a high workload uh stretch of your training so we try to aim at these 20 30 minute naps why because we don't want to carry inertia sleep inertia into your second training of the day for example or your early evening training if this is when you train on your day off however this is when we try to supplement it even more so can we go for a 60 minute even a 90 minute nap if you need it it's always based on the need of the athlete so one of the the thing i say that is very cliche to my athletes is a day without napping is like a cupcake without frosting. You need it to make it even better and sweeter. It will improve your uh, performance and it will improve the quality of your training. However, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. So that's why we need to strategize based on the workload and based on out of your requirement for sleep. And what kind of conditions then should you be looking for when you're when you're going for a nap? Because it's not as simple as just uh, sitting on your chair in the office and having a snooze, right? Like you need to, to have some kind of conditions to make sure that you can come into a good uh, pattern of sleep and then come out of it the other side. Yeah, of course. I wish it was. It would be that simple. It would make my life easier. <laughs> my uh, buddy. So, <laughs> uh, so what I so I give you the example of a student athlete. So a, a eighteen year old, a nineteen twenty ish year old student athlete that is at, at university or college. So I always ask them to have a hoodie with them at school uh, when they have time off. I either send them to their locker room if it's a quiet place or in the library. So you're looking for a place that is peaceful, quiet, that will not be too noisy. And you're looking for a room that will be as dark as possible. This is always the challenge. So how do you make school a dark place? So you bring with you your sunglasses. So that's the other piece of equipment that you will need. And one of my go-to things is if you have an athlete that is easily distracted, have your headphones, slight music. So you can just have that sort of white noise that will cancel all the intrusive noise around you. So now you have your hoodie, you have your headphones, you have your sunglasses. So you are trying to replicate a cave, in fact, and you have your cell phone for a timer, not to play on it. So it's for a timer so you don't oversleep. And this is what we're looking for. On day, on weekends, just go on your couch, just go in your bed if you want be as comfy as possible. The, the key is comfort as always for sleep. Absolutely. Excellent. And we've discussed uh, an athletic population. How might that differ from a, a youth population? Someone who's maybe uh, growing a lot, going through puberty. What, what kind of differences are there between those two populations? Well, there's not re a big difference. They both need a, a tremendous amount of sleep. So when I'm working with younger uh, with a younger population, what I'll tell them is that during their sleep, this is when ultimately their growth hormone are being depleted and uh, are being created and secreted. So this is when you're getting stronger, bigger, taller, faster. So this is how I sell them sleep. Basically, when you sleep, you're getting a, you're being a better athlete. You're being transformed into a better version of yourself every single night. 
So the difference is only the timing. So if they are before puberty, they're not necessarily night owls. So as you grow older, going through puberty, teenage, and uh, early adulthood, adulthood, you would be considered a night owl most likely. With a younger population, you're trying to figure out which window of opportunity will be better for them. And you go and try to extend their sleep as much as possible with napping when necessary. Cool. So when when we then don't get enough sleep, which happens for a lot of people, so there'll be some coaches listening who are probably nodding away, sipping on a coffee, trying to just uh, supplement the fact that they haven't got enough today. Um, <laughs> it sounds familiar, right? Um, so uh, when you don't get enough sleep, what what actually happens? When you don't get enough sleep, you're basically waking up not the best version of yourself. So the way I approach it is we need awareness and adaptation. So I'm not trying to play boogeyman here. That's one of the things I, I say to all my athletes. So you need the fact that, yes, when you're not sleeping enough, you're not the best version of you. Does that make you a poor athlete? No. So let's adapt here. Is that a poor night that is completely sporadic, that's just out of the blue? Yes. Well, just adapt the training maybe for that day. Or are you chronically sleep deprived? Now we need to actually assess your sleep and say, okay, what are you doing? What's going on for your sleep? So when you don't sleep enough, just picture this as your brain is not cleaning the house. So it's not cleaning itself to have the proper optimization for cognition, for strength, for power. So that's what's happening when you don't get enough sleep. So you don't have the best version of your athlete. You are maybe disrupted. Your mood will, in fact, be uh, fluctuating. So you're maybe more um, grumpy after a poor night of sleep. And we've all been through this, especially if there's a young parent listening. You know, when you don't get your, uh, your, your sweet sleep, well, you may be more edgy. So that's what's happening. And we all know that a moody, grumpy, and edgy athlete is not an athlete that will pay attention to the direction of their training and will not pay attention also to the very subtle uh, cues during a uh, competition. Which is super interesting for performance, right? Have you got any data which uh, which shows the importance of sleep on performance? Well, we do have. So there is a very popular and famous study that was conducted by Dr. Ma back in 2011. I'm sure a lot of people are and coaches listening are aware of that study. So all she did, and I mean, quote unquote, all she did was to uh, extend the sleep of a basketball team back in uh, California. So in, in the research, we always look at the uh, detrimental impact of lack of sleep. She went the other way. What if we extend the sleep of our, of our athlete? Will, we, will this make them better? Well, little she knows, they all improved their three-point uh, percentage shooting, their free throw uh, percentage, they all improve. They also improve their cognition, they improve their mood, and they improve also the uh, their sprint on a 40-yard, if I remember correctly. So only by extending their sleep, they were better athletes. So that just shows you how important sleep is for an athlete. I think that's uh, super interesting, especially when it starts to relate to performance and you're talking about uh, potentially earning money in a career or getting that um, that scholarship, for example. These are really key things that people should be considering. Um, and well, you, sorry, yeah? Yeah, it is fundamental. When you look at that study, some people outside of the sport world, well, they will say, well, it's only a 3% improvement. Well, when you look at this and you look at this from an athlete perspective, if I was to give you a 3% improvement on 
all your skill set. I promise you this will make the difference between you getting that scholarship you were referring to that will also maybe allow you to be in the final instead of being only in the semifinal. So 3% is far from being futile for an athlete. It makes a whole world of difference. In fact, it's, if you subtract 3% of Usain Bolt world record and you put this as his, uh, as his record, he will never have reached a final in his career. But that shows you how important 3% may be for some athletes. I think that's a, a super good message and very clear as well. Um, and then I'm, I'm interested as well to, to delve into some physiology and to, to hear a little bit more about what happens during your sleep because you mentioned a couple of hormones and a couple of different things going on. Um, what, what's happening inside the body when you're sleeping? So we'll keep it, we'll try to keep this uh, simple. So basically when you go towards the, uh, your evening and the end of the evening, or at nighttime, so you, your body core temperature is decreasing. Simultaneously with your body core temperature decreasing, this is when your melatonin secretion is increasing. They work end in end, but at the uh, end of the spectrum of each side. So Physiologically speaking, while you're sleeping, you have a spike of hormone. You have also a, a spike of a blood flow in your brain, which will be cleaning everything in your brain. And as your body core temperature decreases, this will allow your brain to work throughout the night. As I mentioned earlier, this is when the uh, or a growth of hormone is also produced. It's when you sleep. Of course, there's also the glycogen uh, that will be uh, secreted through sleep, which will be super important to be uh, linked to a good diet. So I don't take anything from uh, my uh, good friends uh, that are dietitian. It's super important, but we need to mix good sleep, good diet. And this is how you promote and in fact, make your sleep even more efficient. So ultimately, what you have to remember is a good sleep only by having a good night of sleep. You're getting taller, stronger, faster, and more efficient. That's all you have to know. That's what your sleep does on its own. It cleans your house, it cleans your brain, and it produces all the hormones you need to, in fact, prevent injury or even repair uh, muscle tissues. So this is how you get better with proper sleep. Absolutely excellent. And when when you are asleep, there are obviously different cycles within that as well. What, what are the different cycles which people go through whilst they're sleeping? Well, when you're sleeping, you have two, you have the two, uh, the two stage of sleep, the two big stage of sleep, which is non-REM and REM. So REM is a rapid eye movement. So basically, this is the, the stage uh, that is linked to dreaming. Uh, on the non-REM portion, you have stage one, which is a transitional stage. So when you sink into sleep, so it's important to understand that there's a portion of us that will sink into sleep and then we fall. So the, the function of falling asleep is when we do initiate proper sleep, so you cannot recall it. However, it's it, it can be a double-edged sword because most people, they wish they could fall asleep instantly, but no, you need to actually sink and then fall. So that's your stage one. Stage two is the big bulk of your sleep, which will represent approximately 50% of your night. This is where you'll spend most of the time. And then you will trans, uh, transition into stage number three, which is considered a slow-wave sleep, the deep sleep where all these good things happen, the growth of hormone and, and all this, this is when this is happening. And you have your REM sleep, which is when you dream, you increase your blood flow throughout your brain. And this is also when you have your uh, emotion being dealt with. 
So it's important to have some REM sleep as you're uh, dealing with uh, highly uh, emo emo emotional uh, people in uh, athletic population. Absolutely excellent. Super interesting. And I'm, I'm really interested now to get into some practical stuff. So when we're, when we're talking about athletes who are probably playing all over the world, um, traveling for big competitions, uh, they have to go through different time zones. How can they best overcome things like travel and jet lag? Because that's going to be a, a big factor in success. Well, one of the biggest factor in success for athletes is routine. Of course, developing a routine you enjoy, you like, and that is efficient and preparation. You need to prepare yourself when you're traveling. You need to know with your support team, are you traveling north, south, east, west? How many time zones are you crossing? Is that a chronic, a chronic thing? So I'm, I'm referring to here in North America. So for example, the National Hockey League or the National Basketball Association, they're crossing back and forth. Uh, the, the continent, so they're chronically uh, desynchronized. So with this, when you know this and you have your date in advance, you can actually prepare to shift your circadian rhythm. Should you advance your circadian rhythm, should you delay your circadian rhythm to lower the burden of a jet lag? So that's the idea behind that. And it's super individualized because you won't shift every athlete in the same manner. If you have a night owl in front of you versus if you have a lark, so someone who goes to bed super early versus someone who goes to bed super late, depending on when you leave your hometown to uh, the new destination, you'll have two different strategies. So it's important to be aware of the type of sleeper you are and then prepare in advance your travel. Brilliant stuff. And when we're, when we're then getting into the depths of practicality, um, Obviously, people tend to complain if they're going to complain about anything that they've not slept well. So have you got any practical advice for poor sleepers? So for poor sleepers, so you can look at if you have any trigger uh, that will uh, create poor sleep environments. So are you in a noisy environment? Uh, are you highly stressed? Uh, are you trying to catch up on sleep? So that is one of my uh, personal favorites. So when I hear someone say, so, well, yesterday I went to bed at 9 p.m. because I'm, I'm, I was liking sleep for over two weeks now. So let's say a student through uh, midterms. As you go to bed earlier, all you do is you do desynchronize your uh, window of opportunity. Earlier does not necessarily mean better in sleep. Less is more, in other words. So knowing when you do feel sleepy versus when you are tired is excessively important if i personally go to bed at 9 30 10 all i will do is stare at my wall toss and turn and eventually fall asleep around my 11 30 so you will never see someone go sit at the table and waiting to be hungry therefore you should never see someone going in their bed and waiting to be sleepy it's important to relax before and before hopping in bed so that's my portion of we need to sink into a state of mind where we can initiate sleep properly so the relaxation part is something that we all have forgotten over the past two years i'll say and we need everything to be on the productivity fast and right now while well, sleep is unfortunately not that way it's a very dynamic process we need to lower our activity, relax, enjoy our evening. And when we are sleepy, this is when we go to bed. 
And in terms of waking up, is that something which you think then uh, should be kept at the same time? Or is that something that which could be fle- flexible as well? Well, in theory, you should always wake up at the same time weekday weekend. In reality, so on my Saturday morning, I don't need to wake up at 7 a.m. Therefore, there's no alarm on that day. This is when I extend my sleep. I will sleep till 8, 8.30 approximately. Therefore, that gives me a bonus of 60, 90 minutes on my weekends. So Saturday and Sunday, therefore, three hours, referring back to my sleep bank. So no, I will not chronically sleep deprive myself on weekends based on the theory that I should wake up every single day at the same time. So all my athletes have, this, have the same message. Do you have early morning training on, month, on Saturday and, and uh, Sunday? No? Throw off that alarm. Turn it off, please, and just increase your sleep bank. So this is the important part also to introduce flexibility into the theory. So we want to work with boundaries which is you are an 11 sleeper. So truly you are at 10.30 to 11.30. And what time do you need to wake up most of the days? This will be your, your target. And on the days that you don't need to wake up that early, please increase your sleep bank. That is the most important thing because once every week, you probably will have a suboptimal sleep, suboptimal night. But if your bank of sleep is so full that very night, that is suboptimal would be almost futile. Absolutely excellent. I think that gives some really clear advice. Um, and then one last thing before we uh, allow you to crack on with your day. Are there any other little things uh, surrounding things like maybe room temperature or um, use of screens before bed, which you see as like uh, really easy wins for people? Yeah, so the, the easy win, so the room temperature, so again, in theory, 17 to 19 degrees Celsius, uh, I say keep it as comfy as possible. So during my days in uh, in Arizona or dealing with student athletes, it's not every student athlete that has uh, access to a uh, AC. So making uh, your room at 17, 19 in the desert, it's, it's quite hard. So my, my general rule on this is make it as cool as possible and as comfortable as possible in term of, because you don't want in fact to increase the stress around that. So have a fan, whatever you can deal with, you try to reduce and lower the temperature as much as you can to reach that 17 to 19, as long as you like it. In term of screen use, not in bed. This is one, probably my only strict rule that I don't budge on it is your sleep, is your bed, is a sleep environment. If you have enough energy to scroll on your device, it means that you are not sleepy. Therefore, if you're not sleepy, you should not have been in your bed in the first time. I know it's 2021, very soon 2022. Cell phones are the extension of our hands now. <laughs> Most students, they, they have to study. Everything is on a screen. So we start with a general rule of nothing in bed, and then we start with 30 minutes off. Can you spend 30 minutes off your screen device before hitting your bed? Yes. Then can we do 45? Yes. Can we do 60? If at 60 minutes, your athlete is not getting annoyed by it, doesn't know what to do with its, with his skin and, and is wandering around the house, then keep it at 45 minutes because otherwise you'll just increase the annoyment and you'll hyperactivate his brain and it will go to bed frustrated. Therefore, you're not in a win-win situation. So that's my advice on this. Start with 30 minutes and just not in bed 
and work your way to extend that time off the screen if possible. Absolutely fantastic. So Jonathan, massive thanks for your time today. It's been a pleasure talking and super informative as well. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. Hopefully these little tips will be helpful for uh, the audience. And uh, if you have more questions, feel free to uh, hit me with a question via email. Absolutely fantastic. And what's your email address for those who uh, who would want to fire a question? So it's uh, J Charest, so the first uh, letter of my uh, name and my uh, last name, at centerforsleep.com. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm glad you pronounced your name because otherwise I would have absolutely butchered it when I do the introduction in a minute as well. So uh, really good that you've, uh, you've saved me there too. Uh, Jonathan, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure and uh, I look forward to speaking again soon. All right. Take care, guys. Cheers. And that's it once again. A massive thanks to Jonathan for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure you do at home too. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to check out the Coach Academy. And the Coach Academy is a series of lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So there's loads of great information on there, including some stuff on sleep, which you can get yourself stuck into. If you want to do that completely for free, hit the link in the show notes where you can get a seven day free trial. And if you have enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to give us a quick like and a share on social media. And if you can give us a review on whichever podcast sender you're listening to us on, that helps us bring you the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.